welcome to the Better Yet Podcast 99th episode spectacular. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Now, what exactly does that entail? What do you mean when you say a 99th episode spectacular? Well, friends, I love clip shows. I just love a good old-fashioned clip show. You know, like on a sitcom, you'll have like, you know, all the characters will be in the apartment together and then everyone will leave except for the main character who will do something, you know, where he he turns to face the camera and he says something along the lines of, oh, hello, 99 episodes. Well, we sure have had some fun times. And then we cue up that montage music. Don't look at me! Oh, it's a wrong file. All right, here we go. And you're so excited about saying it, you're gonna say it like you're, like you got an A on your report card. Hey, all right! You're on to uh-huh, something, Tim. I'm on you're something. on to something. Welcome to episode, episode number 69. <laughs> Better yet, podcast. Well, uh, yeah, I love pop songs, most of all. <laughs> Two, three. We've got to upgrade a full-size corn dog. <laughs> they're not even good. Like I moved out two years. Of course ago. they're not good. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of theirs, and what was the name of yours? Their band was called uh, Fresh Produce. Uh huh. Produce. Fresh Produce. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really call you out on who's earlier. Texas. And uh, yeah, my band was called Stop Drop and Skank. <laughs> It was called the Scottastrophes. Got it back to Weed, California, and we like drove it all the way to Reading with no windshield to get the windshield for Hey, Brendan, it's Fat Mike. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just was walking back to the van and just went, Dad? And I walked down to the L&L and I had a beer and I was fucking stoked. Yeah. It's the last time I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that picked up. <laughs> Sorry, this this amp fucking sucks. But yeah, I think we're fine. I'm, gl- I'm glad yeah. you brought it. <laughs> Upstairs, downstairs came on, and I'll never forget. I don't know who this girl was, but there was a girl in the room, and she was like about like minute six or something. Was just like, can someone turn this fucking shit off? It's the most I ever threw up, and it changed me forever. <laughs> Do you I think you take a break, over? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Sorry, I don't know if that like fucks up your feng shui. I, I just think I might have to fucking puke. What do you think is your your best vomit of your entire life? And so for the halftime show, I just puked <laughs> on command. <laughs> You're just with this little shitting machine all day. <laughs> I mean, that's like all music, and it's like it's like basketball too, you know? You know where you're going before you're going. Not sure. It's the weed talking. You play music about being on vacation. For people who are on vacation, you just get to be on vacation every day of your life. <laughs> Stinking of Whiskey Blues is a fucking complete George Jones ripoff uh-huh. by way of Elvis Costello. Like, Luke was in Fast Break? Yeah. Holy shit, I didn't know that. I don't shred. Yeah, like, for sure. I barely riff. Yeah. 
Is this going well? I feel like everything's... Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all we talked about. You missed out on the hard-hitting questions. The hard-hitting questions. Like, is there an Applebee's in your town? <laughs> There's no Applebee's. No. What does that do to you? Uh, well, you know, it just makes you wonder what the fuck you're doing. We were terrible. Like I said, we were really bad for like when three or four about, years. When you think you, oh, okay. Three or four years. At least, yeah. <laughs> the urge for the fucking urge. Fucking sat in that chair and told me about everything. <laughs> oh, man, our butts have technically touched. My dream idea of the impact that a band that I'm in would have is like you put out a record, you can like tour on it, and then like five years later it's like a dollar bin ripper or something uh-huh. it's like a record it's like a record that you find in the dollar bin but your your friends like three bucks like that you should get that for three bucks yeah, yeah. i thought that it was they talk to me they understand they talk to me but it's they counsel me no they way understand, i never they talk to me oh, i just thought it was i hear voices in my head they talk to me they understand they talk to me yeah that's what i thought it was too yeah but they counsel him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not to brag, but I was kind of the best panic of the disco fan fiction writer from 2007 to 2008. Mm-hmm. And I just feel, ice cream! <laughs> she was like, oh my god! She's like, I'm sober, I don't know what else to get excited about! My mom likes that one too. Yeah. So, you guys should talk. <laughs> She's single now, too, just by the way. So am I. <laughs> What? I said hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see this, but we're holding hands. Yeah. You're good to me. You've always been good to me. Um, Try. Huh. Wow. So many laughs. And so nice to look back. But hey, why don't we go ahead and look all the way back? Here's the intro from episode... Number one. Hey, all right. You are listening to episode number one of the Better Yet podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Thanks for checking us out. Feels like a long time coming for me. I'm very excited to finally start this new venture and super thankful you took the time to come by and see what's going on. Better Yet is a concept that I've been flirting with for a couple of years and really in earnest the last couple of months, but just a long-form interview podcast featuring people I've met through playing in bands and going to shows and just sitting down and talking to them about the music they make. We talk about influence, writing, and since I'm not sitting down with professionals, these are all people who have jobs and do all of this in their free time, we talk about where music fits into their lives in this strange, extended, adolescent period that we're all kind of stuck meandering through right now. You know, whenever I hear a song or a record that gets to me that makes me feel something deep, I always find myself searching for context. And whether that comes from reading lyrics or liner notes or just seeking out whatever information I can find, I'm sort of always searching for the narrative behind these songs and what goes into making them. And I just think that I've been fortunate enough to come across so many talented people in my time that have created songs that have meant just as much to me as anything else. The opportunity to build that narrative and that connection to these songs that I love is the ultimate guiding principle to this show. And I suppose with that, 
let's get to it. Wow, talk about someone who was born comfortable behind a microphone, but even a natural like me has had a couple moments of awkwardness. Come on, let's take a listen. I don't know, I feel like you're you're always pretty candid with your headspace. And, um, hmm. um, sorry, I kind of lost a little bit. I love being able to edit this fucking thing. <laughs> but you have like a really cynical, almost confrontational persona fronting this band. Mm-hmm. Um, how direct of a representation of you is that? I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's, I guess I don't know how to answer that because I I don't think it's like really like a representation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that like, I don't, like, it's not that uh, I'm different, like, or like in my everyday life, I don't, like, I'm not like that or something like that i don't know it's yeah yeah no you get to loosen even, up a little bit yeah too. it's not well not i don't i don't know what you mean by loosen up <laughs> maybe have i do more and have more fun at home maybe yeah just or more i'm more comfortable you seem a little guarded if you don't mind my pointing it out um maybe sorry no it's okay it's okay yeah i think maybe i am uh-huh um has it just always been that way? I don't know. I don't. I don't really notice that. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. No. That's that's totally fair. But um, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, like, for sure. How to elaborate on that? No, it's uh, that. That's not me. Uh, I gotta like. I've talked to people that I've been listening to for a long time. You're the first person that I'm like really nervous to talk to. I feel like I should not front on that. <laughs> okay, well, you don't no need to be nervous. <laughs> no, it's it's um cuz Pieball's a really special band. I think that they're a special band to a lot of people. I'm sure that you've had people telling you this. This we're not just bad. this past week. <laughs> What's that? I said we're not bad. <laughs> but like What do you mean? We're not bad. I know, I know that, that we're not, good. Yeah. But I don't Special is, we're special to some people. And uh-huh. I'm going to say that, yes, that's true. Yeah. That's one. But uh-huh. like, okay, so that's like probably the most special band. Do you want me to tell you why I think, why I think Piebald is a special band? Well, I'm just, because that's like a, that's a big deal to take on that responsibility of being a uh-huh. special band. Yeah, sure. It is. I'm, you I have to like you. feel a special band. It's just a lot to live up to. Yeah. Well, it's an. Isn't being a band kind of a lot to live up to? Just being a band that people know is something to live up to. True. What would you rather be? The Shadow of the World Trade and the line about seeing Legally Blonde on 9-11. And I guess those two, you know, those are two events that, like, I guess I feel, like, cosmically connected to. And there's, there's always space to just kind of unpack that feeling. And I, I like the Legally Blonde line a lot because it's like when you juxtapose an event like that next to this this very highly underrated movie starring Reese Witherspoon, which is full of very, very, very smart intellectual humor, 
Um, I like that movie a lot, but you know, it's 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 silly. It's Legally Blonde, but you know, connecting it to you know someone someone's like, where were they on that day? Mm. It's it's a really you know it's a crazy image. Yeah. And, and, I don't know. Like, what what prompted you to to discuss that or, or to feel the need to? You know, I don't know. I don't like. I don't even know what the sentiment is there. But, yeah. uh, I thought it was an interesting idea for sure. Um, it might've been legally blonde too. I'm finding things in those records as a 30 year old that, I, that are just now making sense to me. You know, there's lines that pop out on those records that I'm just like, Oh, that's what he's talking about. I get it now. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm older than you were when you made that now. Probably most of it, yeah. <laughs> it's tough to remember, like, you're the one that brought you there. Yeah, it's tough to remember that. <laughs> Is that Always. off? Is that off? No, but I don't I don't think you're wrong. But, I mean, yeah, we all bring ourselves. <laughs> all right. How do you feel about the podcast? It's good. So, like this, this, this podcast. Uh, man, I gotta work on this question because I always want. I want to. I always want to end it uh-huh. with like, "How do you feel about the podcast? You feeling good?" And it's always like, "What do you mean this podcast?" <laughs> well, cool. How do you feel about this? You think we do a good job? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. No. Yeah, sure. Yeah. How do you feel about the podcast? Uh, how do I feel about the podcast? I think you're doing a great job. Uh, I haven't heard your other episodes. So I can't really give you a full assessment or like a even a partial one. No, well, how do you feel about what we did? You think okay, we do a good um, job? I think I don't know how it's gonna be. Yes, but I don't know how it's gonna. I don't know what the end game is. I'm like. staring him down. This is fine. This yeah, is good. Good. All right. I'm glad you came by. Yep. But I think you know we got a little bit better. You know, on one hand, you're having fun. Yeah. You have these moments. Yeah, have fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. So just like, what's the what's the balancing of that like? You can't have one without the other. Like, you think so? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be like a joke musician. I don't want to be weird Al, even uh-huh. though I like like making stupid songs about like eating cheese and butts and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I just think it's really funny. But if you notice, like, I try to make the dumber the lyrics are. Uh-huh then like more time I spend on the music so it's just oh, like okay. people are like yeah. I like this but this is so stupid I'm like ah I got you it's so tight but um yeah you can't have you can't have like the happiness without the real shit I like that a lot <laughs> man it's like I hadn't thought about it that way yeah do you ever do you ever think about filtering it out do you ever think like man I I'm can just make... gonna do only real shit or yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna be weird Al <laughs> so tight i wish i could but it's like it's not in my brain yeah. to do that you get dark and you're like yeah, i, I, I need dark, to write, I write some dark sport. shit it's just like <laughs> yeah or i get usually in my darkest times i write the goofiest shit because it's like this cheers me up and i know yeah. it'll cheer other people up too yeah for sure yeah so like yeah a lot of that shit i wrote in the darkest times i mean that's <laughs> that's really funny you know going back to that concept of like i'm gonna make something that's inherently happy because that's what's gonna make people happy yeah and I love doing that. Like, I, that's my favorite thing to like hear someone who's like, "I listened to this. It made me feel so good." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's so. Everything's worth it. 
I've uh, never really subscribed to the idea that like there's a timeline or you should be rushed. You should, yeah, like, sure. You know? So I think that, yeah, there's a lot of uh, what I consider the meteoric rise where right. just like I heard about this band a week ago and now they're like in like on their, yeah, on their yeah. like third full US tour. Like, uh-huh. you know, like what happened? Yeah. You know, like how can I do that? There seems to be like I think there's this kind of sick and twisted misconception that people like think that just yeah. like, oh, yeah. How did you? How did you get that? Can you let me know who that person is so right. I can do that? You know, oh, that's just an like, interesting and, and, aspect to it. Who did this for you? Yeah, it's, we're just we're just sort of like, yeah, like how did you how did you do that? You uh-huh. know, it's like as if there's like a way, and maybe there is, but it's it's more so. I just find it's m- more self fulfilling to just not expect that that's gonna happen, yeah, or, like, or just like make it like you have to prove it to yourself first i guess Uh uh-huh well how do you i guess like my question is how do you how do you do that how do you like seek validation in that way because i think i kind of suffer from the same thing too where it's like i don't i don't want to like put it out there too much because then if it doesn't get if it doesn't get noticed then it's like oh well that's because it wasn't that good Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like you know you want to you want people to hear it you want people to like it and well i think I think you have to be your own favorite band. And, yeah. and I, I think that 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 like answers a lot of questions for me. I think that music is um if you really look at it, it's like radically open. You can essentially do anything. Yeah. Um, but people end up just doing the same things a lot right, of the time. They rewrite Green Day songs. Or... Yeah, and like I like Green Day. Green Day's great. I love um, Green Day for sure. Um but you know, it's just never what I wanted to do. I want I wanted to um kind of like try to kind of like expand the register a little bit or um to just do stuff that seemed to me honest instead uh-huh. of um uh kind of like a cop-out or like i don't like i never do anything the easy way um for better or worse i guess and um does that apply to every facet I'll very very much yeah yeah <laughs> virtually everything yeah it just i have to do things my own way and yeah. like um when it comes to songwriting it's just like i don't want to write a word or a phrase that i don't really like at least at the time really believe you know and so, yeah yeah absolutely i knew i was weird i knew that my my vocal technique was not like standard, standard. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. wasn't like classically trained and my voice teachers growing up knew that and they uh-huh. didn't want me to be in that like sector they yeah, like yeah, yeah. Wanted, they were encouraging you to, yeah like, yeah and i made sure to like take classes with people that like that yeah where'd that come from just just like knowing like the types of teachers and the type of advice and like i guess just the like like assurance of yourself i honestly just feel like from my mom yeah like she's always just been like if something doesn't work for you Uh like if something is not feeling right immediately tell yourself that and let go or you know fuck Oh, meet like, this woman. She's yeah. so special. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. The best advice that I ever received was actually I met a sort of like older um I guess counselor figure but just uh just a sage older head of advice in my life uh when I was 18 and putting out that record Labor Pains uh uh-huh. I sent the record to him and he lived in Charlotte and, and drove all the way to Hickory to meet me for coffee and just wanted to like talk about the record and yeah. uh, see how I was doing after like putting out my first release, which was really, really kind. Uh, and he said, I've listened to the record. It's really, really wonderful. And I'm really, really impressed with the experience that you've you know brought to life. Uh-huh. 
All of that said, I want to tell you, these are not the best songs that you're ever going to write. Yeah. Which at first was a confusing thing, uh-huh. but now and ever since uh, is the most relieving thing that someone can ever tell an artist that these are not the best songs that you're going to write. And then to even apply that to like the wider spectrum of life, like these are not the best friendships you're ever going to have. This yeah. is not the best year of your life that you're ever going to live. Right. Like, it's fine. It's cumulative. Like Absolutely. you're you're working. This there's a you're just a getting better. Yeah. You're just you're just exercising all of these muscles mm-hmm. and they're getting stronger. Yeah. That's that's really solid. And I remember like when we first started, we were like, we have to do the day trotter. Like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. and it's still like so cool. But like we we've done it twice. Uh-huh. You know? And like also when we when we first like like after the second record we were like oh my god we have to do south by southwest like that's right, like a yeah, huge yeah. step and then we did it twice and like you know so like i i forget that like we've done we've like accomplished so much as a, like a band in in this like sphere i mean we're not like you know there's a lot of other things that i'd like to do or maybe yeah, not i don't yeah, even know yeah, uh-huh. well like i lose perspective because i'm just like what the fuck is going on like Every day, um, you know. Yeah, like, you're still you're still you. Yeah, and and also I just like I just always feel like I get knocked down a lot, and uh-huh. and but that's also like myself. So Mike is always like reminding me, like you've done you've done a lot of important stuff to uh-huh. a, a a lot of people, you know. <laughs> so like I don't know, he he really helps me in that respect because I just get lost in it. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. lost. It's really easy, I think. Because, yeah. like, logic logic doesn't mean shit when you, like, feel bummed out. Yeah. It's like, you can't, you can't tell yourself that, like, something, like, good that you did will probably happen again differently. Yeah. You know? It's hard to, it's hard to remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. So the happy shit comes from when you're bummed out. You must have been having the time of your life when you made Despondent. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God, no. When I recorded it, yeah. Yeah, sure. But I, I wrote that shit in high school and didn't record it until like five or six years oh, after. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I was never going to record it. Uh-huh. But uh, my friend Seth Engel, who's my roommate now, like kind of nudged me and convinced me to do it. And I'm glad I did because... That's had a like bigger impact on people than I expected it to, like friends of mine. Yeah, just like I mean, it's unbelievably real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a why didn't you want to record it? Because I don't like, like, I felt like that was too. A lot of it was too dark. Uh huh. You know, I felt like there was no, like it was just all downhill on that album. There was no yeah, like. Yeah, sure. I didn't bring it up like one time on uh-huh. the album. And I didn't like that, so that was just going to sit on the computer. I mean, those songs are older. Is it before you kind of discovered the whole, like, making happy songs makes me happy? Um, no. I was still making, like, happy songs during that time as well. But there was always, ever since I was little, there's just always that feeling of, like, you don't belong in this place. (laughs) Wherever you are is not the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just something I've had to get over. As I grow up, it's just like, I I get to decide what place is right for me, you know? <laughs> you, you made that decision? Yeah. So when I was writing all those songs, it felt good to write them. I was, it was just like stress relievers, like to write that music. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote that shit and I did not want anyone to hear it. <laughs> uh-huh. It's out and I'm so glad I put it out. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, tell me about the cover of the EP. 
the EP with the telephone the numbers. Yeah, your own the telephone numbers is listed on the top. Yeah, so that's the compromise that I've made that like made it okay for me to put out such like a dark album. Uh-huh. Because if I'm not gonna say bring it up and make it positive, I'll have a list of ways where you can like seek help and make it positive. Uh-huh. And that was pretty much the only way I could justify putting that shit out, in my opinion. Yeah. Was to, like, have ways for people to get help if they felt shitty. If they felt, <laughs> yeah, fuck, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a super badass move. Um, Thank you. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's great to see that you were, you know, able to... Fuck, I'm, like, processing this shit myself. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. I guess, um, you know, I just... My my high school buddy just took his own life last month. And, you know, it's... You go through so much of... Yeah. Um, just, you know... For me, it started with, like, oh, well, I should have been there more. And then you just you know, you kind of realize that it's really got nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's just where he was at. And, you know, there's nothing that you can do to take that back. It was his yeah. call. Um, um, yeah, I got a lot of respect for the fact that you put that out and, you know, put that out in, in that light. And sorry. No, it's all good. It's just, it feels like nothing you can do can make it like make things better sometimes but then you talk to people and that's literally all we can do as people is like communicate <laughs> how we feel yeah try to figure out how to get through shit like that that's all we can do yeah how are you doing situations. how am i doing yeah now i'm i'm doing great yeah <laughs> doing great. <laughs> it's just like i don't have time to like be negative you know yeah. But I still get, I get sad with shit that's sad. I get mad at shit that makes me mad. I'm, yeah. It's a regular You're a human but being, like, yeah, for sure. Majority of my time, I just try to stay pumped uh-huh. and get hype. <laughs> get yeah, people hype. Get hype. Like, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah, get for sure. Hype. A little behind the scenes look. I knew that this podcast, if I continued to do it, would be a way for me to process my life as it happened. That Namdi interview that bookended that segment. Episode number eight of this show. That was the moment I realized what this show could be. I played those 10 minutes over and over again in the weeks that followed. It helped me to process a loss, and it gave me an energy that I try to harness. A lot of life happened to me over these two years, and this show is here to document it. I touched on this fact in Julia's interview, but my parents and kid sister have just moved to Dublin which has been a massive change in my life. It's something they'd been planning on doing for a very long time. I'm very excited for them and doing a pretty good job dealing with it, I think. Today, as I'm recording this outro, is July 5th, which for me is the two-year anniversary of quitting drinking. It's my sober birthday, bubbas. Or at least it is the day we're airing this three years on July 5th. Crazy to think of the time that's gone by. The things that have changed in that time, of course, I've mentioned it on the show. This podcast came out of a need 
to put some silver energy into a venture, and it has functioned very well in that regard. A lot of brain space devoted to producing this show week to week, but also, I mean, this has become such a good talking platform and such an important way to work out the things going on in my brain, to breathe, and to process. Thankful for it. Thankful for everyone who has come over to talk and thankful for all of you out there who keep coming back i've got an announcement we're doing a live show which i was thinking about doing for a very long time before i actually started to do it but as you can tell by the layout of this place right now i am moving tomorrow and um i've been in this apartment for three years and you a lot of life happens in three years, and uh, this podcast was conceived, incubated, and with the exception of two early interviews, every single thing that has been recorded for this has been done in this space, within these walls, and I am uh, ex- just so thankful for it, and um, very, very happy to be sharing Uh, my last night in this apartment with all of you. Exciting week over here at Better Yet. I got a dog. Her name is Chloe. She's a 10-year-old pug. My parents are moving away from me at the end of the summer, so Chloe's going to stick around with Uncle Tim. It's exciting. My mom got her after I went to college, so she was once my replacement. Now we're together, hanging out all the time, and she'll hopefully, if nothing else be a good selling point when I'm trying to rope strangers into coming over to my house to talk to me about their feelings. Be like, hey, I'll make you coffee. I got a dog. She's really cute. Yeah, <laughs> that was in the email that I got from, from Will that was like, there's a cute dog. And I was like, okay. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. So they're an alternative. So they're into like R.E.M., hey, the violent fems. We're all it's excited okay. that Ginger's here. It's but. okay. I'll talk. <laughs> have some pets. She's got a real... She's... Really, really excited about you yeah. in particular. This no, that's is, this okay. Is kind of a, kind I'm of really a excited about her, so that's totally fair. <laughs> or you don't have any intention at all. Right. And people just take it and run with it. Oh, Chloe, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I spent, like, all of last winter just, like, unable to move. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awful. Hey. Oh. Hey. <laughs> She's so cute. Hey. And we're back. <laughs> Tim and Chloe are like the celebrities of the fucking neighborhood. Like, I feel like you. I feel like you're a really good dog owner because you walk that dog like ten times a night. <laughs> and and so in, I gotta keep her in shape. You know what? Oh, yeah, Actually, I did get Taco Bell last week. Chloe and I went to the beach. We got a little bit of Taco Bell beforehand. Cool. She uh, feeling a little bit better. She had a uh, chili lime pistachios. Probably not great for her, huh? No. So we've been. We've been chilling out. Good. All right, Chloe! Oh, doggy. You're just chilling. The most peaceful creature. Yeah. <laughs> I like there's a little snort as I said that. Yeah. <laughs> My dog just ripped a bong. <laughs> I'm just watching your dog's tongue right now. But she and Chloe would have been like total homies. Like yeah. sorority sisters, chilling at the beach. You know tongue, what? Tongue's out. Hates other dogs. But that Jazz, but this is the thing. Jazz is so submissive. Uh-huh. She was like bullied by her sister yeah. the whole time until She's Blues died. Bully. 
Yeah. So, but Jazz would fit right in because yeah. she would just. All right. I, I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. And she, she did. She did. She had, her tongue was always out too. Is. If you get nervous, she's there for you, and oh. she'll always be looking good and doing something great. I know. She's. Oh, and then that move. Uh huh. <laughs> Is that how you feel most comfortable now? Yeah. Yes. So then Fat Rec, Fat Rec approaches you? Yeah. Um, actually, there's a dog in the room. Let me, uh, let me feed her really quick. Yeah. She's hungry. I know she is. She's getting close. Well, it's you not even close to 5 o'clock. Well, I wake up early now because I go Oh. So go she gets work. fed she gets earlier? She fed early and then... Right, this is exactly right. what I wanted to happen in this show. I, yeah, this I is my favorite episodes have the moments where you have to feed Chloe. All right, let me do that real quick. Are you hungry? You want something to eat? She's asleep. That's all right. <laughs> the job is done. All right. What a nice look back. My number one girl, Chloe, came to live with me a couple of years ago now and also moved in with the handsome boy sitting across the table from me right now. Scott Southerd, say hello. Hello. Scott, you may know, is my co-host, on Postmarkdom, our pro wrestling podcast. I asked Scott to come over and assist in this portion of the show. Last week on Twitter, I posted asking for listener questions. I set up a separate email for these, and I haven't read them. I've only watched the number in my inbox climb. And I have to say, I was so moved by the sheer number of questions that came pouring in. So I'd like to take some time to answer as many as we have time for. So Scott's going to read these to me. And I know Wills and I used to joke about how we were pretty sure you actually don't know how to read, but think you're up to the task. Uh, yeah, I, I called through the list here and I put a couple together. I think, I think you might like these. Uh, so the first one comes from Chris M. Chris M wants to know, what kind of dog food does Chloe eat? Oh, well, I feed her... Uh, Blue Buffalo uh, brand uh, beef formula. I used to give her chicken, but switched to beef recently. So, yeah. Sounds great. Uh, our next one comes from Bob S. Bob S. writes, does Chloe get along with other dogs? Um, well, no, she doesn't really. I've actually mentioned this a few times on the show. She really doesn't get along with other dogs. This is also like we just had the Chloe segment, but this is the the questions about the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so here comes another one. Paul W. is wondering, what does a typical day off for Chloe look like? Every day is a day off. For Chloe, she's a dog. She doesn't have a job. Right. Well, I think uh, maybe what Paul W. is asking is uh, about days when there isn't an interview or there isn't editing. You know, how is she spending her time when she's not on the show? Well, isn't that kind of an odd thing to wonder? Um, it, what's this guy's name? Paul W.? No, Paul W., Paul, or Bob S., Chris M. Okay. Uh She's a dog, Paul. I'm I'm not sure what sort of mystery you're expecting me to reveal. Next question. Okay. Uh, Tommy S. writes, is Chloe in the room for every interview? Yes, Tommy S. Chloe and her tonsils are in the room for every interview. Uh, do dogs have tonsils? Did someone write that in? No, I. she wasn't 
she wasn't there when you uh, interviewed Mike Campbell. Yeah, because Pat Creed is allergic. Are there any questions not pertaining to Chloe? Let me... Oh, here's one. Bob Slim D writes... Yeah, I wonder what Steve Foley's going to write in with. Steve Foley passed away. So did Bob Stinson. I'm not following. What's the question? Tim, I am a big fan of your interviewing style. It seems to me that you have worked hard to find an interviewing voice that's unique to you while still holding the same inquisitiveness you brought into episode one. Uh, yeah. As the show's evolved and expanded, I can't help but wonder if you've ever considered letting Chloe do an interview. Next question. Uh, did you watch SmackDown this week? Who asked that? Uh, me. I was just wondering. No. I didn't watch SmackDown this week. Do you want to introduce the next segment? Hey, I'm asking the questions around here. You sure are. And now, Tony Molina. I understand why like someone would not like the Beatles because that shit is shoved down people's throats their entire lives. It's like people don't have a choice. Like their parents like it, they, maybe they hate their parents. You know what yeah, I mean? Like sure. that's my dad's favorite band. It's uh-huh. like I hate my dad. Like whatever the fuck. What's your favorite song on third? On third, Holocaust, man. That is the fucking darkest song I've ever... Dude, fuck. Also, the strings uh-huh. on the fucking Jody Stevens song. Right. Dude, what the fuck? That's the only song like I ever wrote in Big Star, right? Andy Hummel's got some tracks for sure. Yeah. He, he does Way Out West, right? And he does right. fucking... Uh, that song's so tight. Fuck, that song's <laughs> fucking badass. God uh-huh. damn it. Great. Man, fucking greatest band, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy Green Day's music at all, but... Did you then? Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, I did. Oh, I love them. I love them. Good good people, good people, but like oh, yeah. that band fucking is terrible. It's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm about to go in on some West Bay right. knowledge. <laughs> Benum, the old relapse band, fucking shout out Benum, West Bay. <laughs> I got the homie hookup because he's West Bay as fuck. Fucking uh-huh, blew yeah, my yeah. mind. I couldn't Oh, okay. So what happened was he was like, Yo, you gotta listen to my friend's band. They like secretly record albums and they don't really play gigs and like they're a bunch of nerds and no one fucks with them. <laughs> no one's gonna book us on a show. We weren't cool like we didn't dress hip so it's like no one fucked with us in the bay and uh we never did anything like that man yeah. all we did was fucking chill, chill in the fucking garage fucking smoke weed listen to man is a bastard and fucking record shit all the time uh-huh. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah totally yeah 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 dude i could not believe weed when i was 18 <laughs> and uh and then these fools were straight up just like posted up at the house gig and they had the weed and i was like shit i want to fucking smoke some weed uh-huh because my fucking square ass man weren't smoking weed at the time i don't know why <laughs> and so i was like my, I'll never forget Morgan Stickrod. He's one of my best friends. He goes, don't smoke weed with those guys. And I was like, nah, man, it's chill, man. Uh-huh. I go up. I smoked that shit. That shit was PCP. Oh, I ended fuck. up getting fucking hospitalized. Yeah. I missed oh, the man. gig. I missed uh-huh. the gig. They ended up playing fucking downstairs without me. They couldn't find me. They found me in the backyard. And I was like, I'm dying. Like, I was fucking <laughs> fucked up, fool. Dude, it was hella fucked up. Yeah. And then I just remember being like at the hospital fucking in a wheelchair jesus puking into a fucking tub and shit like losing Uh my shit and that was the first day of tour of the first tour i ever won (laughs) (laughs) it's a legend man our band's named after a melvin song oh okay Um, i just never that band never made sense to me oh really tried a couple times have you smoked weed (laughs) (laughs) how many fucking spaz songs about smoking pcp right Uh uh-huh do I fuck with Bruce? Yeah. From New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska, I do. Hell man. That's, yeah. That's the best part of Nebraska. Oh, that he, like, Nebraska's he, fucking badass, uh-huh. man. Yeah. I heard they fucking did that shit on a fucking four track. It is a four track, yeah. So, I mean, where did GBV come into play? That was the, that was the basis 
for the ovens. Like that's when we found our groove. Uh huh. Because we were recording with Bart. We were influenced by fucking West Bay shit. Just the idea that these guys are like in their fucking thirties and like did five self-released fucking five or six self-released records like right and no one ever knew who the fuck they were it made us feel validated yeah because we were recording show all the time too and no one fucked with us and it was just like man it, it like it also like showed us like you could do whatever the fuck you want people that come from the small town like the, they're not cool cool uh-huh. people like not hit people that do music for the most sincerest reasons and they just do it to live and then get, you know, success. And now they're celebrated and it's like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. inspiring to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I love that, man. They're yeah. Sick as fuck. Did you rip off Jars of Cardinals on Walk Away? Hell fucking yeah, I <laughs> fucking did. What the fuck? Yeah. Did we play that last time we were out here? Yeah, you did. It was fucking Hell so yeah. tight. <laughs> Vampire and Titus is sick. Yeah. Yeah. Their best record, though. For the record, their best record is fucking the same place Fly Got Smashed from 1991. That record is fucking Damn. unreal. I haven't fucked with it. You gotta fuck with I'm it. I'm talking like you now. It's messing with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was in this band called A Minor Forest and fucking uh, the fool who was also in that band is like this like hippie fool who's hella sick and he like played bass on the track but he like fucked it up hella bad uh-huh. <laughs> and it was, it was tight like like so i took we took it off and then like i added my own you know what i mean 60s bands we like yeah you know what yeah I mean? for sure and that's always been our favorite music more than hardcore uh-huh. more than metal more than fucking, Lizzie. yeah oh shit <laughs> i don't know 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 I mean, well, all, that's all, all my friends play hardcore. So it's like, even if I wasn't, uh-huh. I still am. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. all my best friends like are in it. So it's like, and they're, they're always going to be in it, I, I think. So yeah. Like, even Do, if I uh, wasn't, I'm always going to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think they're cool with uh, with what you're doing with your solo shit? Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Some of them make fun of me for it, which is cool. Uh-huh. That's how you know when someone's your fucking actual homie when they're like, yo, I just heard your new track. That shit sucks. Uh-huh. But I, you know what I mean? Like, that's how you know Yo, someone's I just your... saw you on Pitchfork, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any friend who's just like, fuck your weak-ass band is like, that's my friend. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, yeah. What a dream. And truly, he was. When I started the podcast, someone asked me my top five dream interviews. And Tony Molina was on that list. And it was such a privilege to have him come over and give everything that I could have wanted. And I did talk to someone else who was on that list. And it's the only time someone has asked me not to post the interview. But between you and me, well, why don't we give a little listen? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. I. So yeah, obviously he wouldn't want me to post that. But hey, speaking of unheard clips... Here's me and Bob Nana talking about another Bob. Blood on the Tracks is my favorite. Blood on the Tracks is a fucking record. It's so good, and it's like, I don't know. I feel inspired by it because it's so passionate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I'm not saying that Blonde on Blonde isn't passionate, but like it's Yeah. I don't know. Blonde on Blonde is like... There's so many middle fingers in Blonde on Blonde. Well, same in Blood on the Tracks, and Idiot Wind is like the biggest one of them all. (laughs) Most certainly... And I think that there's something about idiot. That's a slurp. Yo, for sure. There's something about that record too, where I think he's coming off of a really weird spot in his like creative life. 
Yes, because he's making he had a, bad records before that. Yes, and he had a motorcycle accident, I think, right before that that was pretty bad. Well, that was a few years before. That's like going into the basement tapes where oh, it's okay. just like But that was hiding before Blood the on the Tracks. I yeah, believe. Blood yeah. on the Tracks is like mid-70s. Yeah. There was a record, I think it's Self-Portrait, where the the line in the Rolling Stone review is, what the fuck is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but, I, I, I know of this, I know of that record, and it's like, so then I had to like, it for myself yeah it's just like i don't yeah i mean he's just trying to figure shit out yeah for sure but blood on the tracks i mean there's so much personal shit in there too a hundred yeah some guy that's like super guarded the way he can be it's like i don't know kind of nice to be let in in that way yeah like you're going through something huh yeah no i love it (laughs) and now what i like to call the ben gorski section let's put this set up you're god you're tall you've always been tall haven't you Pretty much since like second grade. Uh huh. Do people ask you how tall you are like all the time? Yeah. We always had fun and things were silly, but you know, real life happened and real life happened and this show was was always my safe place. I could come and and talk about it and and heal through it. Yeah, embrace moments of pain like really fucking is hit me over the past few days and it's Thanks. like yeah it's i just i just went and saw my grandpa and yeah. he's like early onset dementia mm-hmm. and it's, it's just like fucking you know riding back with my grandmother yeah. and just like you know we're close but we you know communicate through a veil and yeah and sort of thing but yeah it's just i i kept thinking about that phrase and, and yeah you know where it's i think you spend a lot of your life like you get to a point where it's like that's that's a painful thing and that's negativity and and I can acknowledge that, but I'm not Mm going to like break through it. And there's no growth that comes from that. Yeah. It's it's a whole nother step. Yeah. And just being able to take, take things for what they are in in the literal moment and like being able to accept that. And it's like, I think pain and, and, and understanding, um, understanding like, uh, how fragile life is and how, and yeah. Cause I mean, I just went back to visit my grandfather too and he's yeah. 90 and has early on stage dementia where half the time he doesn't know who is who, yeah. you know, um, yeah, yeah. He, he's get at least getting to that point. And, uh, yeah, I mean just also accepting things that we can't change is right. like really, um, uh, is really important because it's like, we really can't i mean it's like um always we we really uh don't have control of those particular things right so it's about how we actually um cope with them is really important and that's i think that's where maturity comes right it's like we and figuring out how we like cope with those with those uh those uh those realities yeah yeah it takes just takes so much and yeah i don't know even when you like make the realizations, putting them in practice is, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's tough. It's constant. It's tough. And we were constantly falling apart and pulling it back together. We're yeah. all doing that. And I don't know a single person that's like, maybe besides Thich Nhat Hanh or something, that's like uh-huh. taking, <laughs> taking death very well or taking yeah. changes very well. I mean, About 10 days ago, uh, my grandfather passed away. It hit me pretty fucking hard. He's actually come up in my last couple of interviews, my dad's dad. So... We talked about him when my dad was on the show, and he came up in my interview with Jason Clackley. I'd just gone out to visit my grandfather, who is not in the best mental state, and Jason, beautiful spirit that he is, was really wonderful to have there in that moment, but the loss was still a total surprise. It came out of nowhere. 
went out to the East Coast to Allentown, Pennsylvania, got some hugs, and spent some time with a really lovely and supportive family, a group of people that I like, and we, you know, sat and talked about a guy we all really liked and admired and are going to miss. It has been one of the most surreal stretches of my life over here, y'all. Um, my other grandfather died. Um, what the fuck? Uh, it's been really strange and super sad and and uh, melancholy and very tiring. Um, you know, there's been a lot of strain on my family, my parents living in Dublin. My mom was able to get out quickly enough to spend a few days with my grandpa Vincent in Sarasota, Florida before he passed. I was able to speak to him and get a chance to breathe him in one last time before he went away. And he's still at his wits, was still very much Vince up until the last moments. I went into my 30s with all four of my grandparents present, and that was an incredible gift. I'm so lucky and very, very aware of that. Losing both of my grandfathers within 10 days of each other, it's crazy, but there's a lot of goodness there. There's a lot to be thankful for and a couple of unbelievable legacies to try and carry on. It's been a tough summer for me, um, and it kind of continued this past week. My grandmother passed away this weekend. I've lost three grandparents now in about a two-month span. Uh, it was my mom's mom, so my mom was back in the U.S., down in Florida, spending some time with my grandma, Elizabeth. I got a chance to talk to my grandma a few times last week. Um, just really heavy times. and missing my family so much right now. They moved to Ireland about this time last year, and this summer has been a really tough patch of time And with this loss and to, you know, not just have easy access to my parents and my siblings, this privilege that I've had for, for my entire life. It's It's been a weird stretch not having them around, missing them very much, and I'm going to be missing my grandmother, having a slow time with the processing. You know, these have kind of compounded uh, over the last couple of months, I'm still a little shaky. I'm trying to just ride it out. I'm happy to be doing this show. This this moment that I get to speak and to vocalize it is so therapeutic. I have a lot of energy. I'm glad it's going to somewhere useful and a place that provides weekly catharsis for me. So thank you. Live show, end of the month, something to look forward to. Thank you.
thinking a lot. Can't stop thinking about him. When we talked in June, um, sorry, I'm going to play. No, you, um, you sent me that record a, a couple days before we talked, and anybody's listening to, every, anybody who listens to this show, um, we lost both of my grandfathers this summer, and um, I remember I was, uh, I just got back from the service for one and was waiting for the call for the other. And I listened to this record several times that night. And um, the first time you played the, the first time I heard that song, I just burst into tears. And um, thank you for doing this and thank you for making that and um, this record was a real good friend to me this summer and I'm super appreciative of it and thanks you brother and, you know this show's been here for me and it's given me the opportunity to share my story and to have incredible conversations with people and to talk to the people who have made music that's impacted me but this is probably my favorite thing that's ever happened on this show. Well, that's all well and good. I miss you a lot. Well, I, that's the absolute downside of being away is that you're not just here. I can't just run in and go to a show with you. Yeah. Um, you know, we can do that out here and we can do it out there too. Um, but You're getting all misty on this and nobody <clears throat> usually says they're sorry to see me go I don't get this <laughs> well you know when I started doing this thing I knew that you were going to be going over there and oh, I figured it'd be a good way to talk to you every week uh, it's been a lifesaver for me it's, I get to hear your voice every week I get to hear the way you think I get to hear that sense of humor I get to hear a few curse words. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, how you feel? You think we did a good job? I think so. I think we did a good job. We're going to have to see if I'm not the most boring uh, participant you ever had on your show, but it was fun. <laughs> well, it's, it's been my favorite one, so. Thank you. Glad you came by. I am too. I love so I love you too. <laughs> How many people have hugged you after this show? Most of them do. <laughs> and yeah, maybe we're getting a little sentimental as we draw to a close, but 
I wouldn't have it any other way. Because, well, I've had the time of my life. Should we high five? Yep. Oh! Woo! Did it. We did we it followed up. <laughs> <laughs> this is a scary place, Bob. No shit. No shit. I'm fucking Another terrified. I feel, and, and I feel like I, I gotta travel as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. As fast as I can. Because, one, I'm not getting any younger. And, two, the world's not getting any safer. Yeah. Like, it's getting pretty shitty. And, you know, I don't know what the future's going to hold. But I just got to keep doing it, you know? Didn't swear once. You didn't swear once? Can you come to the gig? Yeah, of course. All right, I got you in for the gig for sure, man. Cool. You got to make sure the fucking last night of tour is fucking cool, man. You All know right. what I mean? Well, how do you feel about this? You think we do a good job? I feel good if you feel good. I do. I do. Cool. How do you feel about this? You think we do a good job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I'm glad yeah. you came by. Did you have a good time? Yeah, that was awesome. Cool. You're awesome. great at this. Thank you so much. You make me feel so comfortable. Oh, right? hell yeah. Yeah, you made me feel so goddamn good. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. That was good. Yeah, cool. Did you have fun? I had so much fun. Did I say too much stuff? No, not at all. I just went no. for it. Thank you so much for, for doing it. And, um, and, and for coming and, and joining me and uh, letting me take part in this uh this little fantasy this little pipe dream that i had i think about this show a lot it means a lot to me and the fact that any of you give a shit about it it's just i can't i can't i can't (laughs) thank you again for coming every every single one of you thank you for being here and uh, thank you for, for sharing this, this evening with, uh, with us, the two of us. This is the part where I say it, right? Thanks, Thanks, brothers. Thanks, brothers. Thanks, brothers. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you have the time of your life.